0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu everyone. You're tuned in to the Nafs Connection podcast with me Seema Azmat aka Umrayyan. I am a certified professional Nafs Connection mentor coach and an Islamic practice facilitator. I help Muslim women navigate through their spiritual struggles by enabling them to find Iman and Tawakkul in their lives. We are in Season 2 of the Spiritual Connection Stories series. Listen to me talk to my guests about their spiritual connection stories, their pivotal moments, inspirations and aspirations with regards to their connection with themselves and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. with an hope that this creates an inspiration for you too, Insha'Allah. I recently had an opportunity to be interviewed by Sister Zahra from Adiqaq. And they were kind enough to allow me to use this recording on my own platform, Alhamdulillah. So I decided to start off the series with my own spiritual connection story, where I talk about my journey as a life coach, what led me into becoming one, and my recent experience with a personal loss, and how my connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been helping me understand the bigger picture of his qadr, inshallah. So let's dive right into it.
1: A time when I was questioning Allah for why I was in the state I was in. I was so consumed with my nafs that not everyone needs to change for me to be happy. But Allah al-Hakim, the all wise, showed me exactly what I needed to see. At the time, it would be the most impactful for me to see it, alhamdulillah. And here I am looking back and smiling at how far I have come by the mercy of my master. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. My dear sisters, and welcome back to Heart to Heart, a mental health podcast providing a safe space for us sisters in Islam to share our stories, hear and be heard, listen and learn from each other. Alhamdulillah. Today's episode is the last in the series under the theme, Loss. Alhamdulillah, we have had the opportunity to listen and learn from our dear sisters who were so brave and considerate to open up about their emotional journeys in order for it to be mutually beneficial for us all. May Allah ease the troubled hearts of all our Muslim sisters. Ameen. The beautiful reflection I just shared earlier was by coach Seema Azmat, who is an Islamic practice facilitator and Nafs Connection mentor coach at level10muslima.com. And she is also our guest speaker for today's episode. Alhamdulillah. Well, if you have attended our first two episodes, you would have known and heard her already and may have even benefited from her impactful advice and enlightening insights in response to our sister's stories. Barakallahu fiha. Personally, I have known her as a friend and a sister in Deen, and have also had the opportunity to speak with her on one of her self-discovery calls. What has always stood out for me the most about her, be it in her calls, her conversations or her written words is her gentle, caring approach, her wise reflections, barakallahu fiha, and the humanness, the empathetic connection she brings to her practice, mashallah. Welcome, Sister Seema, and Jazaki Khairan for joining us again today, Alhamdulillah. How are you? Alhamdulillah,
0: Jazakallahu khairan for such a warm welcome and such kind words, Zahra. I'm really touched by them. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah.
1: From my heart, always we use it to see. Alhamdulillah,
0: Jazakallahu khairan. (laughs) Wa How how are you feeling?
1: Alhamdulillah, (laughs) looking forward. (laughs) Inshallah, Inshallah. Inshallah. The the note I read out earlier, I actually, um, I had read it on one of your Instagram posts, right? Mashallah. Mm-hmm. And I took it from there. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, of, obviously, it was an insight uh, that you had shared with regards to your journey to Hidayah. Uh, mashallah. So mm-hmm. would you care to take us on that journey briefly? And, uh, you know, what made you reflect upon it, uh, particularly in this post of yours? So um,
0: my journey was i was at a place like you know in my life um this was i'm talking about some 15 years back 14 15 years back um and i i feel like you know i'm i'm i was at a place where i was struggling i was struggling to uh, see things objectively i was um in the midst of a self created storm um And I think it was mostly because... Why I say self-created was because now in hindsight, when I look back, every single thing is self-created, you know. SubhanAllah. Um, SubhanAllah. Because at that point, when I didn't know better, I used to think that... um, uh, my circumstance needs to change or the people in my life need to change and everything else needs to change you know for me it was like that and I was in this kind of a desperate situation where I used to feel that why can't things change why can't people change why can't like you know circumstances change why am I here what am I doing here you know those kind of things and I was um, I was just Kind of drowning in these thoughts, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh-huh. subhanallah. And at a point when um, I was here in Dubai, I, I was. Um, it was the first time I actually came to Dubai, and uh, my children were very small, and my husband um, was at work. Uh, I had actually come here just for a <laughs> just for a break, like you know, for a month. But then when i came here my husband was like um, you stay back no need to go <laughs> you know so i stayed <laughs> back and um, so what happened at that time is like my kids were also they were not at, they were not um, uh, they, we had not yet enrolled them in school so i was mm-hmm. at home and i was um, um, having one of those moments uh, or like you know where i was going down that rabbit hole of blaming my circumstances and the people in my yeah. life for my um, mental health and my condition my whatever the condition that i was in so i was uh really heartbroken and i was praying like you know i was in sujood and i'm like crying my heart out in sujood and, and i'm repeatedly questioning this like you know and i'm like i'm talking to allah and i'm like why why allah why why is this happening to me and by the way i wasn't always practicing whatever happened in my life uh brought me closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I used to pray once in a while before, but then I had like started practicing by this time, and I was praying regularly. And um, uh, and in sujood, I was I was, yeah. I, I was in that place where I was connecting with Allah. I was uh, growing each day with my practice in my Islam in, uh, in Islam. Subhanallah, and uh, and that was the time when I was like alone, and I was like with my kids of of course, and I was mm-hmm. in sujood and I'm crying and crying and crying my heart out, uh, asking these questions repeatedly, like you know, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why can't people change? And you know those kind of things. And then Subhanallah, I wait. I get up from sujood I finish my prayers, and um, I just go open the Quran and I pick up the translation, um, and I was blown because this the ayah that came in front of me was from Surah ar rad ayah number eleven, which is a very famous ayah. Everybody knows about it, which is Allah does not change the condition of a yeah. people until they change what is within themselves. So for me, at that point, it was is exactly what I needed. Allah knew that, like you know, when it would be impactful, when it would hammer it on my heart, like you know, uh, yeah. reading that, and I was kind of. Um, I froze actually I literally froze and I it was hidayah it was hidayah from Allah that he allowed me to see that uh, you are just questioning about why people can't change why your circumstance can't change and and this was a time when internet wasn't there like you know I didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, going for me except the basic things which <laughs> the books yeah. and those kind of things you know um yeah, so
1: like minimal uh, distractions
0: yes, yeah in, inter- internet was there but i didn't have it like you know yeah. um, i i didn't have an internet connection at that point so i mm-hmm. was like all i had was my books and i used to read a lot at that point and i had started reading islamic um, uh islamic literature and subhanallah uh even with that, one of the other things that impacted me at that point was this book called uh, Don't Be Sad by Ayad al yeah. Yes. That absolutely. was the very first uh, Islamic uh, literature that I actually put my hands on. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So um, so um, then it's like, uh, I, for me, it's like, it blew my mind. Having, having that ayah, having to look at that in my hand, and it completely blew me because I was thinking all this time that... Uh, everything around me needs to change but here I was yeah. uh, uh, where Allah is telling me that, you know, you need to change and I will change, change first, your condition, yeah. you know, subhanAllah. So, and that's what I did and I went on that path after that. It wasn't like an overnight, it's not like I had an insight and overnight everything started changing and falling into place for me, you know. No, that, mm. that's not what happened uh, but it was an impactful moment, it was something uh, that shifted something huge in me and, um, and I went on that path of uh, looking for myself because Allah Allah's told me that, you know, change yourself. So to change myself, what did I need to do? I needed to look within myself. So that's when my journey started, actually. And uh, <laughs> subhanallah. Alhamdulillah, Alamin. Yeah. Alameen.
1: Alhamdulillah. I think it's always a process, right? And that, like, like we're, we're, we're saying that it's a journey. It truly mm-hmm. is a journey. If when we're lost and then... Uh, brings us back from uh, you know wherever we are like uh, going astray, and then you know he brings us back to Hidayah, Alhamdulillah, back to him, Alhamdulillah. khairin, Sister Sima. That was beautiful uh, to know a little bit about your journey. I'm sure you know words cannot justify um, all of those emotions that you must have felt at that time, and even now thinking back and looking back over that uh, particular you know uh, situation, I'm sure it, it would have yeah. been really emotional.
0: The emotion that actually comes up is
1: gratitude. And I, I think a lot of... Sorry? Yes. Yeah. 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 I can, I can I can. understand. Yes. Gratitude, like you're saying, the overwhelming uh, feeling of gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his hidayah, for his guidance. And I'm sure a lot of uh, sisters can relate uh, with that as well. You know, SubhanAllah. Uh, So, I mean, uh, naturally, you know, that was, that was a journey and, you know, here you are as well, like you've mentioned on your post, here you are looking back. So what made you take up coaching then, you know, what made you take up coaching? And, um, you know, I just want to know, like, uh, I'm sure even the sisters would love to know what have been some of your most uh, fulfilling moments, you know, since you're a coach, you have the, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, like you, you, you have the, like opportunity to meet with so many sisters speak with them so maybe you could share with us some of the unique or like some special feedback maybe you know that you've received from such sisters who have been on your programs previously Uh,
0: Subhanallah Uh, honestly um, how I became a coach is uh, I think the entire journey it starts way back from my teenage years, because uh, obviously I like you know I didn't even realize that this is what Allah has in store for me. But in my nature, um, even as I was growing up, I was always this kind of um, this person who would um, you know always go and give unsolicited advice to people. <laughs> I i would just be like i even remember there was this uncle of mine whom i would like you know um who whom i would be on the phone and i would be constantly telling him don't do this don't do that do this do that and like you know he would be patiently listening to me and he would be like subhanallah and he would would just smile you know he would smile and uh, because of my age and like you know Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of advices that I used to give of life advices you know that I used to do like you know you need to and always like trying to be this (laughs) This person who thought like you know I I don't know agony aunt agony aunt yes (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I was like that but at that point I didn't really realize that that's um, what I was doing was has like you know anything related to who I would become you know moving Mm -hmm. forward in life and also there was another place where. Uh, I had a completely different plan for myself. I wanted to become an interior designer, fashion designer, graphic designer, anything designer attached to that. That is how I was like, you know, because I always had this creative streak in me. So I always like was drawn towards creativity and anything design, you know, used to just make my heart go all mushy. So (laughs) I would be like, this is what I want to do. And I actually, except for interior designing, I think I took fashion designing and I took... um, uh, I took graphic designing courses and okay. I was f- doing full time after my 12th grade that is what I was doing full time you know and okay. uh, my mom was like no 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 you need to have a degree you know you need mm-hmm. to have a degree uh, uh alongside um so I said like okay and uh, I went and I enrolled myself in distance education in psychology okay. and um why I chose psychology was because my aunt had done psychology, you know. So okay. that was why. There was no no other reason. <laughs> I just okay. chose like, you know, because I used yeah. to read her books and I used to find them interesting. So I just yeah. um uh picked picked that. Like, you know, I said, okay, I'm doing psychology. So mm-hmm. I did it, and then subhanAllah, um years down the line, 10 years down the line, I uh, met someone. Uh I met a friend who was um uh, uh, doings. She was not a friend at that time at that time, but it was like <laughs> we became friends over the time she came into my life as a customer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, subhanallah.
0: And then we went, we went forward. As a like, customer
1: for your for, for the graphic uh, design program? Not graphic
0: designing. I, was, uh, I used to sell uh, handmade handbags. Uh, okay, okay,
1: okay, You know? <laughs> <as> <laughs> so you dabbled in a lot of creative uh, yeah, businesses.
0: I did, I did. But it's yeah. like I wanted to do something. So I was, um, I, I'm good at sewing. So I thought like, okay, okay I'm going to do, uh, you know, I'm going to sew handbags. I l- did everything that, uh, you know, I learned everything that I needed to learn about how to make handbags handbags and I used to make handbags you know so that's how it started then I met this person uh, we became friends and then I was we were just talking and then we like you know she said like I'm actually um, uh, uh, you know a volunteer Islamic counselor so um, I don't exactly know how it unfolded I don't remember it but then I, uh, I remember that I was filling out my resume and sending it out become an islamic counselor for this organization Uh Um, and then from there uh, i was not even there for a couple of months i think when um, i was learning i met somebody else who was like you know uh, in my tajweed class and uh, she uh, invited me to teach tajweed for young children like you know so i started recording videos for kids uh, okay. to teach them Tajweed and uh, she told, when I when she now got to know that I'm doing voluntary counseling she said can you do something on whatsapp and I'm like because a lot of sisters they don't know how to use email so can you do something for mm-hmm. them on whatsapp and then I got together with another friend who had a, a degree in counseling psychology and both of us together we created this group called Solace Islamic Assistance and uh, where, we yes. doing, yes. uh, w- where we were doing is when we were doing counseling for sisters on whatsapp
1: right Okay. so
0: this was I think in 2014-15 I'm not sure but this kind of really blew up because at that point whatsapp was just beginning to start people were getting used to whatsapp and uh, a group like this on whatsapp was something alhamdulillah that really gave us a lot of um, we had a lot of uh, sisters joining the group you know alhamdulillah and then what happened is I realized that I'm not qualified to be a counsellor I always Mm. had that in my heart. I felt like, uh, you know, the imposter syndrome kick in now and then that, you know, (laughs) um, that Seema, you're not a counsellor, you're not a counsellor, you're calling yourself a counsellor, but you're not one, like, you know, uh, because Mm. you're not qualified to be one. And I felt really um, unethical about it. I felt like this is not right. This is not, uh, I shouldn't be um, going on this path, like I need to find a different path for myself. So that's when I started venturing into life coaching. Okay. And uh, at that point, I didn't know anything about the, uh, anything about any kind of governing bodies for life coaching, nothing. All I knew was that, okay, if you have, uh, you have a psychology degree, so I, you can become a life coach, you know, um, I have experience, like life experience, I have a psychology degree. So I said like, okay, let me just start with life coaching and then alhamdulillah i joined some courses from there i met uh, another person and she was somebody who knew what she was doing she she was an accredited life coach uh, she's a very good friend of mine alhamdulillah um, and then i took her foundational course i started i did her uh, life coaching uh, sorry professional coaching course from her the foundational course and then um, i wanted i was on a lookout to do the uh, certification program for the longest time mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it because um it was so difficult uh, it was very expensive okay. wherever I was looking it was very expensive and I couldn't afford it and uh, subhanallah I my friend she she was on her own j- journey actually so um she kind of Got her PCC uh, done. With PCC is a um, kind of a, a step in the coaching ladder, in the okay. professional coaching ladder. So she got her PCC done, and she told she was venturing into a business with somebody, and she was starting her first um, uh, academy, first cohort of uh, certification program in her in that academy. And okay. she invited me, and uh, Alhamdulillah, because it was their first cohort, I got a discount. <laughs> alhamdulillah so okay. I kind of cleaned out yeah. my entire bank account you know I whatever savings I had in my bank account I closed my bank account I oh, removed all that money I put it in this and I said like this is I'm doing this you know and alhamdulillah of course yeah. with tahara and everything yes, you yeah. know in place I went ahead and I I invested my entire uh, savings in that my personal savings <laughs> <laughs> in that uh-huh. and yes. uh, I did it Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah. that was my coaching journey and uh, with regards to what you asked about the feedback the sisters that I speak to honestly Zahra um, the amount of fulfillment that I get I knew the moment I ventured into coaching I knew this is what I was born to do it was uh-huh. I found my calling you know I found my calling uh-huh. I became so passionate about it um, it changed my life, and I know that every sister that I spoke to, the kind of feedback I started getting after the calls, subhanallah, the amount of du'as that they give, yeah. it's like so overwhelming, so overwhelming, mm. you know. It's like, I, I, that if anything, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I love yeah. every conversation that I have every, uh, I can't even just say pick out one, but I will, I have on, <laughs> on, my, on my hall, which happened <laughs> recently, which I'm going to talk yeah, about, which is okay, completely Shana. special to my heart. Okay. Uh, subhanallah, uh, because you asked, it's like yeah. recently there was this. Um, there was a booking that I had on my uh, calendar, and I went and I took that call. And when I got on the call, surprise, surprise, you know, it was a very young girl, oh, subhanallah, it was, it was a 14 okay. 15 year old girl. And she was like, Subhanallah, as soon as I got on that call, she started like, you know, this excitement in her voice. And she is oh. like, I'm so excited to meet you. I'm like, you know, oh, oh, I listen to your podcast and she's like <laughs> i want to be like you you know <laughs> subhanallah that's so amazing subhanallah. i was so touched so touched subhanallah to have an impact on a young child like that um yeah. I, i'm like you know I I, I I this is a reminder for me that every time i think that i need to quit this is a reminder for me like, you know because of the kind of impact i'm having on um you you know young minds I, I don't even know whom i'm having an impact on subhanallah and uh, that call was such a such a beautiful call i i think i'm going to st- cherish for the rest of my life subhanallah it was such a beautiful i can place.
1: imagine yes. subhanallah you you're a mother of a teenager as well right yes, subhanallah yes. so i'm subhanallah. sure yeah, you subhanallah. Have related. yeah subhanallah. And, and it
0: means so much also because i have always wanted to be um an ex- example for young young minds you know yeah. youngsters in especially in our ummah and because of yeah people, absolutely all these um Fitna that is happening in our society today to inspire someone young you know is a huge 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 achievement I think and a blessing and I'm again my heart is overwhelmed with gratitude to Allah that he has put me in a place like this where I'm able to do that like you know where I'm able to be a means uh, for someone to be inspired uh, into doing something like this as well and we need more of this Alhamdulillah
1: alhamdulillah. yes true may Allah bless you and reward you and increase you in your beneficial knowledge so that you are a benefit to the Ummah and to all our sisters in the Ummah. Ameen, Ya Rab Ameen, Ya that was again beautiful. I cannot imagine, uh, you know, such a young uh, sister actually coming on that call and, and I can imagine your surprise as well. But I really feel that, you know, this, um, like you mentioned, you know, I, when you started, um, there was not as much information about or as much information um, uh, you know, awareness about coaching and counseling. You know, and and this particular field. Um, and now, alhamdulillah, there is definitely more awareness. You know, specifically, um, you know, because of uh, coaches like you and uh, Islamic counselors or Islamic counseling. Uh, you know, taking up uh, more, like more, more awareness in our society or in our community, rather, especially in the Muslim community, rather. You know, that uh, this is now. Even even youngsters are looking into this as something that they would like to do, you know, alhamdulillah. So, you know, but I'm sure that you would know it uh, more that, you know, definitely there is still a misconception um, between these two terms in um, particular, like coaching and counseling. These are two practices that have been hugely misunderstood and uh, been confused with, right? So uh, what what would you say or what what is actually the difference between these two practices? And how does one uh, gauge for themselves, like, you know, whether whether they require coaching or they require counseling?
0: So, you're right, you know, there is a huge misconception and misunderstanding Mm -hmm. between these two because... Even now, I keep getting like you know sisters coming and telling me, "Can you give me a coaching, a counselling session?" You know, and I have Mm -hmm. to remind them like I'm a coach, (laughs) mainly for myself. You know, (laughs) yeah, because you you've had you've
1: had experience even in like even in counselling. So you know, for you to differentiate between the two, I'm sure would be difficult as well, right?
0: Yeah, Subhanallah, no, uh, the thing is like, you know, um, mainly for me, what comes is like, you know, the ethical as- aspect of it, like, you know, um, okay. I get, I get, um, these things are important for me. And I guess like, you know, that's why it, um, it's important to dis- distinguish because a coach is a coach and a counselor is a counselor. They they both mm-hmm. might have similar backgrounds, but uh the, the, people that they are um, focusing on that is different you know, Uh, because um, coaching is for somebody who is stuck with something, coaching is for somebody, anybody, any person who is stuck with anything that is going on in life with a decision making process or with um, a family relationship issue, they they are just stuck and they are like not able to move forward uh, with the with something and basically it is more focused on the future and it is solution focused it's focused on transformation it's focused on um, resolve like you know uh, finding a solution to something if that makes sense but counseling is more um, going into the past and resolving those past conflicts and um, it's for it's for mental health issues, basically. It's for, um, mm-hmm. it's for anyone who is also stuck, but in a different way. But it, it, they are... They are um, even for somebody who has like a diagnosis, let's say, like, you know, of if they have um, um, depression, clinical depression, or if they have anything, mm-hmm. chemical imbalances in the brain, that would require to see a psychiatrist um along with the counselor because uh okay. there is something going on in in the uh in the chemical makeup of the brain right right so uh so that is a completely different field and a completely different audience right okay. but for coaching yes. <laughs> coaching is um you may not necessarily you may not be Necessarily having a mental health issue, but it does mm-hmm. not mean that uh, a person can't work with the both a coach and a counselor together. I know there are uh, counselors who work with coaches as well, but it depends on the client. Like you know, they can be th- in therapy and they can also be working with a coach. But both the coach and the counselor should know that this client is working with the therapist, and the therapist should know that the uh, client is working with the coach. And if okay. there is any kind of an um, interaction that needs like you know to work together to improve the client's life that can happen as well so this is another thing which i think not many people know about right so Mm -hmm. um, so basically in counseling what happens is they go and resolve all traumatic experiences in the past it's about uh, um, focusing on those things and in coaching, again, when the coaching conversation starts itself, it's outcome-focused because it's structured. It's structured that way that we are focusing on the outcome.
1: Okay, more more like gearing, like gearing towards uh, having a more productive uh, lifestyle and
0: lifestyle do... action-oriented, okay. and it's ab- okay. all about taking action. You know, it's about implementation also, and uh, uh, it's also. It's not just action oriented it's also insight oriented because you can also have an insight in a coaching conversation you can also have chum. an insight in a counseling conversation you know a counseling session but chum, uh, chum. again it's about like in in coaching the thing is like you know we can go into the past a little bit uh, but it, it is not to stay there it is not like we are not focusing yeah. on the past if you're going to go into the past you take the lessons and move forward it's always forward moving you know mm. coaching conversation is always forward moving but a, a counselor can stay in the past can go down okay. to the root you yeah. know they, they can do, do that. that that's the difference that is the difference yeah. that happens in a coaching and the counseling conversation yeah
1: SubhanAllah. So so I mean, if I were to like gauge for myself whether I would I require a coach or a counsellor, I'd need to see like what what exactly am I aiming for. So if it is something that is unresolved and I'm I feel like I'm not able to move forward in terms of like uh, maybe like a mental health or like a mental health issue or some uh, matter that I have not been able to, you know, resolve, I go to a counselor. But if mm. I would like to, you know, pick out certain or, or iron out certain uh, wrinkles in my day-to-day life or even in like a long, long-term plan, I go to a coach, correct? Mm,
0: yeah, some of the things that you could work work with a coach on are um uh, things like, time management you could work on things like um productivity uh you could work on things like a brainstorming session you could have you could have even like you know a decision making session um you could work with the like for example what I do is Mm -hmm. I'm uh, I help sisters transition like you know anyone who is looking to practice their deen but they like Mm -hmm. I know I know I was there I when I was looking to practice my deen right I was um struggling with that a little bit because uh mm-hmm. f- to find the authentic sources like you know what exactly because there's so much information out there uh, especially for somebody who is new who wants to practice who wants to do these things there's a lot of confusion like you know in what is right what is wrong um so yeah, this is that's... one other thing that can be helped with like you know a coach is anything that like um there are so many coaches dif- with n- different niches right somebody can help yeah. you with um, Uh, like fitness somebody can help you with healthy eating somebody can help you with your business Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody can help you with um, uh, like what I'm doing like you know it's it's what anything that a person for example me as a coach that I have overcome yeah and I know that I can help others with I can be a coach in that okay so for me I will for me practicing my deen was something um I, I can't say I, I struggled with, uh, but it was something which I wish I had more help with, you know, uh, yeah. so uh, it, with regards to finding the authentic sources and all those kind of mm. things. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and also the practice, somebody to guide me, somebody to yeah. put my hand, those sort of yeah. things. So that's advice, I, and, advice and also yeah. finding Iman, finding I, I, the one of the biggest things I actually struggled with was Iman because... Mm. Um, once I started practicing my Iman was at its highest you know I was yeah. like do this do that tell people yeah. this is wrong this is right you know going into all those kind of things this is also something that I help with because we can get okay. into that space where true, we want true. to you know uh, <laughs> make the world right now yes, set the world yes, right.
1: Absolutely, so, yeah.
0: um, so this is another thing like you know I help uh, sisters who are transitioning into being a practicing Muslim uh, uh, handle and uh, and, and
1: okay.
0: even with Iman like you know I had, like, I had this heightened Iman and then suddenly there was the space where i was where i was really struggling with my iman uh okay. and those things you know that those kind of things so and at the same time like i said there are so many other niches that you can work with like uh if you want to have a coach that is a There is a if you have a problem, there is a coach for
1: that, let's say. True, true. Yeah. 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 Alhamdulillah. Yeah. This is definitely a field that uh you know there's there's like more awareness that's happening. So Alhamdulillah for that. Mm -hmm. And um so uh you know, subhanAllah, like you were you were uh talking about um coaching and counseling and you shared a shared briefly your journey um that took you towards this path But I also know that you know you and your family um have had a very difficult year um this past year and uh, it's been an emotional roller coaster for you as you have said so yourself. I've I've uh, seen that uh, you know on your Insta and like elsewhere. So may Allah really ease your affairs and may Allah grant um, your family ease in all ways. I mean, but you know I'm sure you know as well, you know, uh, better than anybody that no matter how much we try to brush uh, such difficult emotions, you know, under the carpet and just try to forget about it, it's not always easy. And especially when someone, uh, you know, when we lose someone in the family. So um, e- even though you are a coach, you know, even uh, as a coach, you, you advise sisters who are going through a difficult time, and you, you know, try to bring them back to, um, back to Allah, return to Allah, and practice their Deen, um, in, in a, you know better way, you know, as uh, with as much hassan as possible, right? I'm sure you speak from experience and knowledge yourself, you know, but personally, like for yourself, you know, during this difficult time, how did you cope uh, and what did you do to pull yourself through this period? Like, uh, how was this period for you personally? So,
0: uh, subhanAllah, yeah, so it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy period of my life, but uh, what helped me sail through was knowing that, uh, I I had, for those who don't know, uh, who was thinking like, whom did I lose? It was my dad. I lost my dad this year in January. So um, there were so many things that were attached to that experience. You know, one, uh, the first and the most um, (laughs) <laughs> difficult of the emotions that I had to deal with was guilt. Okay. Uh, immediately, as soon as um, I, I... The thing was, my dad was sick for almost 20 days. And every time I wanted to go to India, I was here at that time in Dubai. Every yeah. time I wanted to go to India, um, my dad himself would tell me that, you know, he was at the hospital. He was... Um, he. I lost him... They say that it is COVID, I don't know, Allahu Alim. But he was suffering from Parkinson's for a very long time. So that kind of um, uh, uh, wasn't helping him recuperate. Yeah. And it collapsed his lungs. So that's what had happened. So every time I would talk to him, he would be like, No, 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 you don't come because things are not that great over here. So um I don't want you to come. You know, traveling was difficult at that time. So Allah. Mm-hmm. So uh every time he would tell me, Don't come, don't come. And then when I would talk to my mom and other family members, they would also be like, you know, what are you going to do coming over here? They're not going to let you into the hospital, also. They're not letting us inside the hospital. He's in seclusion. Even if you Mm -hmm. come what is going to happen you know all these talks were going on and uh, finally uh, subhanallah the day uh, a day before I decided that I'm going to go I'm not going to listen to anyone I'm going to go Mm. and it even then the feeling wasn't very strong even my husband over here was like you know yeah what are you going to do going over there like you know it's not it's not going to be useful because they're not going to let you see him that was the thing so everybody was telling the same thing you know Um, and then finally a day before uh, it was on a juma that he passed around Zohar so what what happened was um, I was I had decided, I told my husband I'm going but then he was not, still not it was not something conclusive, it was just something that um, I had told him and we had not and you know, uh, kind of um, decided exactly when I was going to go, but I had told my mom that I'm going to be there, you know, soon Mm -hmm. because I had to get the COVID test done and it's going to take time, so I'll be there so, uh, subhanallah the Friday that he passed, I was here uh, sitting on my desk, working on something, just before uh, Zohar And it was completely... My dad was not at all on my mind, you know. I was focused on some work that I was doing related to my business. And all of a sudden, I had this feeling in my heart that I can't explain what it was, Zahra. It was... I don't know what that feeling was. I left what I was doing. And it was as if there was this punch in my chest kind of a feeling, (laughs) you know. A a sinking feeling. Sinking. I was... Um, and I just got up, I went inside uh, and I told my husband, um, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go right now. You know, do something. I will, you just, you make arrangements. I let's after Zohar take me. I want to get the COVID test done. I want to go, you know, and uh, he was like, you know, surprised. He's like asking yeah. me, what happened to you? You were fine. You were doing some work. Like, you know, what happened to you suddenly? And then I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And throughout the time, I was like, you know, uh, getting ready for Juma, Throughout the time, this thought was running in my head. And I was so angry at myself. I was thinking that... Um, why did I listen to people? Why did I not take this decision before? You know, I didn't. Yeah. I, this, this is not something for me to think about. I should have just decided and I should not have listened to anybody. I should have gone. You know, that, that is how I was. And then I'm in this state all the, throughout the time. I'm in the same state. I went and I prayed my Zohar and I finished my Zohar. I get up and we got a call. Um, immediately after that uh, dad is no more yes. so subhanallah um, I did react I did like you know immediately fall into that guilt that I wasn't there um, I was grieving and subhanallah and uh, anyway but after that <sighs> subhanallah I, the only thing that kept kept me afloat was um, when I looked at him like you know they, uh, I wasn't able to be there but I was able to see him through the, through my brother, like, you know, turned on the video call and he showed him to me and um, he had a smile on his face when he left. Oh, yeah, Subhanallah. Uh, Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And that was something, you know, that was comforting for me. Yeah, and beyond that, even before I noticed that, like, you know, what I noticed, what happened was as soon as I saw him in that shroud, momentarily, I saw myself yeah. in that place.
1: Yeah Allah.
0: I Allah, saw my face Allah. in that shroud, you know, in, instead of my dad. And yeah. um what helped me cope was that SubhanAllah, he was my dad. He was the best dad in this dunya. He yeah. was um, he was the most important person for me in my life. Seeing him like that, uh, it was surreal. It was I couldn't accept that he is yeah. like that, you know. But then the moment the second Momentary flash of my face over there, it just made me realize that I'm going to join. Him, join I, I'm going to be joining him soon. Oh. Subhanallah! And then it kind of hit me. Like, see, I, even before, like you know, I have had these. Um, like, whenever I hear of people passing, you know, people who are close in the family, I lost my grandmother. I was able to be there with my grandmother as well, and I was very close to her. Okay. Um, even for when she passed away I was stuck over here in Dubai I wasn't able to be there but even then that impact didn't happen the way it happened when my dad passed you know it kind of just hit me that subhanallah this is it this is it this was something unthinkable for me this was unthinkable for me you know I was like I, use, I remember that when I was a kid, I would not let my dad go into the beach because I was so scared that something might happen to him. You know, subhanAllah. And this is the person whom I loved so much. Yeah. I yearned for my entire life to make him proud. And uh, subhanAllah, it's like seeing him like that, it re- I realized that this is it. Yeah. This is it. He, he, he was my dad in this dunya, but he didn't really belong to anyone. He belonged to Allah. He belongs to Allah. And Allah took him, yeah. You know, and I will be joining him soon. That was the hope. That was the hope. Like, you know, I'm going to join him soon. I'm going to yeah. be with him. You know, this is nothing. This dunya is nothing. Subhanallah. It's and 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 then later on, like, because obviously I was so riled up at that point when I was seeing him, I didn't notice the smile. But uh, later on, like, somebody sent me a picture of his like you know um, and uh, when he was in the in the shroud somebody sent me a picture of his I'm not sure like that was right or wrong to do but then um, they did you know they sent me a picture and one of the family members and when I saw subhanallah I saw that smile I saw that smile and when I saw that smile it became even more comforting for me yeah you know subhanallah he's in a better place He's in a better place and he is um, just waiting for us to join him. SubhanAllah. Absolutely. Yes. SubhanAllah. And I pray that, you know, Allah counts him amongst the shuhada. Ameen. And I mean, and uh, for for the kind of uh, hardship that he went through, because I know that he's really suffered. He really suffered with his uh, yeah. disease and he struggled. And but and Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, uh, uh, that was really, really uh, the way I even looked at death completely shifted for me. It completely shifted for me, <laughs> you Allah. know, subhanAllah. subhanallah. Yeah, Allah. subhanAllah. One of the major things that I would be scared of always was grave, you know, um, because yeah. I'm, I always thought like, you know, I'm claustroph- claustrophobic, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I can, yeah, I, I can
1: understand. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, I, then it, it hit me that, you know, subhanAllah, uh, it's something unthinkable that my dad, uh, like, you know, that happened, like, you know, unthinkable happened losing my dad. And uh, he is there in that grave, and something, which I'm like, you know, I'm somebody whom I never used to let him even go into the water in the beach. Mm-hmm. And now he's in this place, that, which is my fear, you know, my number one fear that yeah. in the grave. And he's there now. Yeah. SubhanAllah. And then that was one of the other fears that I had. And I was like, you know, um, and duas and duas and duas. And one thing that comforted yeah. me was me as a daughter. Yes. My it's the, yeah. And my dua is the main thing that is going to help him, True. you know, as a, as a daughter, as a child. Yes,
1: absolutely. Because I, I am that sadaqa jariya that he has. Yes. The, subhanallah. Subhanallah. Yes. May Allah grant him Jannat al al-A'la and forgive all his sins and have mercy upon his soul. Ameen, Ameen, ya, Ameen ya Rabbi.
0: Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen.
1: Subhanallah. You know, I, well, I was just thinking of what you said as well, you know, like the guilt that you felt initially and then how that changed uh subhanallah when you when you you know thought about uh death right and um, and that's something that we are asked to do as well like uh, you know to think about death because that is something that is uh inescapable and it is what is our reality you know it's what's going to be what's going to come to pass but you know uh, you like you mentioned uh, it's sometimes so unthinkable you know to to imagine losing someone in the family someone we are close to someone we love even though we all know you know as muslims that yes we belong to allah and to him we shall return right but um, i've noticed even um, or you know like it's it's become a common uh, uh, frame of thought I, I i think maybe because death is so common now like the mm. because of covid and everything like this past couple of years it's just been like it's been so on on our faces right like mm. one day we are talking to someone and then we hear that they're no more you know so Let's talk about uh, Qadr, you know, because this is something that uh, people have been, um, you know, like talking about in the, in this uh, in, during this time, uh, because they feel or you know they, there is this common misconception again that uh, being content with the decree of Allah and grief, you know, they are. Uh, they cannot be the same, or you know, rather, rather we one cannot feel grief, um, you know, over losing someone or uh, over over any sort of loss that one experiences in our life, you know, in it, that grief is often um, mistaken, right, for ingratitude mm-hmm. to Allah or like you know that if we're discontent with the Qadr of Allah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what do you have to say about this misconception that you know Muslims have, especially, and um, what is the right mindset to have?
0: So, when you talk about, uh, I would like to start with the guilt. Okay. So, when I say, when I said, like, I I was guilt, I was guilty because I wasn't able to be there. A lot of people, like, this is something which I have noticed common because of amount of like you said, the amount of deaths that uh, we have heard, like four of the people who had come to pay condolences in my family, they are no more like when I was there in mm. India, they had come to my home and I met them, I sat with them I spoke to them four, four of those people are not there anymore subhanallah, subhanallah. Yeah, and, like, uh, and what I have noticed in common with everyone who is grieving the first thing that happens to them is the guilt you yeah. know, and uh, the guilt and the grief and it's like, you know, I wasn't there. I, and it is, yeah it is uh, either for me, it was, I wasn't there as a daughter. I should have taken care of my father. I wasn't there, you know, that yeah. was my biggest guilt. Some people feel that I should have done more for this person when they were alive. Yeah. You know, some people think that, you um, somehow it is their fault that, you know, the person is not there anymore. So yeah. the, the first step, I think, of grief that I have noticed after having lost my own dad is, and, and the common pattern that I'm noticing in people who are losing close ones, loved mm-hmm. love ones, is the first thing is guilt. Yeah. And what I have come to understand, why the guilt comes in is because you're not content with the qadr of Allah. Mm. You know, one of the things, because you're not content with the qadr of Allah. This happened like the way it happened, everything the way it unfolds, it unfolded just as it's meant to unfold. True. Right? Even for somebody who thinks like they didn't do enough, you know, they didn't do enough for this person. Maybe they should have been a better person with this person, whatever that could be. Like, you know, you did what was in your capacity to do at that time. You know, I did what was in my capacity to do at that time. And I was beating about myself like that I wasn't able to go there, but that that's exactly what Allah wanted for me, because maybe I, maybe there was goodness in that too, which I was True. not seeing in that moment, right right, so, right. And, and even with people who think that okay I, um big, I've, I'm hearing this like you know if this is a very common thing, I should have been more this, I should have been more that, I should have done this, I should have done that that, like you know even that, you did what you were meant to do for that person you were there there was nothing more you could have done because their time had come and they had to leave and that's it yeah you know subhanallah and the other thing what you asked uh, Zahra grief is often mistaken for ingratitude is that what you
1: said yes 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 that like you mentioned now guilt right so mm. guilt is I think uh, now these two are separate completely separate emotions Mm. um but I think grief is what is uh, is more, more often mistaken for being discontent with the Qadr of Allah. See,
0: grief, uh, guilt is part of grief. Okay. okay. And uh, if you're talking about like crying and tears, obviously because you're feeling something, right? You're feeling something, so you are mm. going to be crying. Mm. And uh, when you feel guilty, this, these tears are going to flow. And, like, you're, you. and sometimes it's because you yeah. miss the person. Sometimes you can't yeah. bear the loss of this person. So... Any of these things, you know, as Muslims, we know death is a reality. As Muslims, we know that we are going to go back to Allah. As Muslims, we know that people don't belong to us. They belong to Allah. We know all these things intellectually, theoretically, academically. We know these things. But then when it comes to the moment of being in that situation, all these things don't make sense to us. Right? We, 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 if all of this goes into our blind spot, we forget about all these things. But what I want the listeners to actually understand is that a prophet, grief is a completely different thing because it's not at all being ungrateful. You yeah. can miss somebody, you can yeah. cry for them, you can do all those things and still be in gratitude. Yeah. And we learn this from the Prophets, right? Yeah, if you take a right. Prophet's right. example, right. subhanAllah, when he lost his son, he cried. Yes. He grieved. True. But at the same time he was content with the Qadr of Allah. He True. knew he knew that, you know, that his son belonged to Allah and he returned to Allah. He knew that, but he still cried. Because that's the emotion that we have been given. True. You know, Allah creates if you look at it this way, Allah creates us uh, and sends us down in on the earth as families right as families we are a, we are a society and in the society we have families we have this bond we have this connection we have love we have compassion we have all of these emotions and Allah keeps us tied together ties tied together and he says like maintain the ties of kinship be there for each other do this be, the communities emphasize we are like all these things are given to us and how is it possible that Allah is building these connections for you and You can't even grieve those connections. You can't even feel for the loss that you have uh, experienced just now. That's not possible, right? Because this is part of your lived experience because you experience loss, you experience grief. Every experience is a learning experience. When you come out of the other side of the grief, you should have heightened iman. You should have grown in your taqwa and tawakkul of Allah. You should have grown in your iman. You should have grown in trusting the qadr of Allah. That everything happens for good. We all have to go. And this was their time they went. And we too will be joining them soon. Inshallah. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So true. And uh, especially what you said about, you know, that this is part of our uh, experience, like learning experience in this journey, in the dun- in dunya especially. And Allah says that this is a test for us, given our all these relationships, our family, our children—they're um, all a test, test for us, right? And mm-hmm. um, you know what you said as well—that it, it it helps us when we come out from this, you know, from such an experience, or you know, from from a test like this. You know, may Allah not put us into any test, um, you know, in in our iman, and uh, may Allah not burden us with something that we cannot bear, mm-hmm. but. Indeed, what you said, you know, that when we come out from this, we, or even rather going through this experience, any experience um, that causes us to really humble ourselves and make dua to Allah, you know, to uplift this or to grant our hearts comfort, to grant us the sakina. Even that in itself is an ibadah that uh, sometimes we, you know, end up cherishing more than actually even you know coming out onto the other side right because in such situations we really make the most heartfelt of our of duas uh, to Allah
0: if I can add something to that yes Zahra uh, something you said I can't remember exactly what it reminded me of something you know and it's that um, yeah what you said about within like we know that Within hardship there is ease. Like, you know, yeah. it's not like after hardship there is true, ease. It's true, true. Yeah. That's the wrong translation, right? But within hardship there is ease. Yes. So um, with my experience of grief, apart from like, you know, going momentarily in and out of guilt, um, apart from that, Alhamdulillah, I think um, the entire experience, even till date, I still miss my dad. I still think yeah. about him and I cry, you know. Yeah. I still like, it, it's, it just comes like a wave and it hits like, when I think, his face, you know, his the, the moments, the memories. Fun. Fun. They still happen, but then, that does not mean, like, what it means that, that there is ease within hardship is that even when you are tested with grief, with the loss, when you are tested, and it is Allah's promise that He is going to test us with loss, right. Mm. In yes. spite of that, Even though, even if you're crying, it does not mean, the tears do not mean that you're anyway weak to face that trial. It does not mean that you are not strong enough to face that trial. The tears mean only that you're human and you are experiencing this right now the way Allah has meant for you to experience it. You are just going through the process exactly what Allah meant for you to go through. And it it is something which is um, enhancing in the moment it is enhancing your Iman you yeah. know it's not something like you know uh, like you're passing through a tunnel and you're coming out the other side you know squeaky yeah. game that's not what it is It's it's. it means that in this moment as I'm experiencing grief yes. I'm also in Tawakul as I'm experiencing loss I'm also in Tawakul and, and I know that my, my rub is not going to forsake me I know that he is taking care of me I know that he's taking care of my loved one in his grave And that expectation, the certainty and like, you know, expect of Allah, you know, expect good of Allah and you know, Allah is as you expect of him. So you expect good from Allah, you expect that, you know, he's taking care of you and there is absolutely nothing wrong in crying and finding it is not at all it does not mean that you know you're ungrateful or discontent with the qadr of Allah at all as mm-hmm. long as you go back and check in with your heart am I content with Allah's qadr am I content am I content that Allah I, I'm, um, do I know am I certain that Allah is taking care of this person am I certain that Allah is taking care of me is that yaqeen in place yeah. I guess and then that is it that means you are not weak you're, you're you are a strong person and you are meant to be learning something from this and you will come out um and you will see what you are meant to see uh in, in any given moment when, within that grief inshallah
1: inshallah that was really beautiful Sister Seema. jazakallahu khair and, and uh, i'd just like to read out as well something that you have written um, another beautiful uh, you know note that you've written that really stood out to me as well um With your permission, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, of course.
1: You thought the storm, the ocean, the fear, the sadness, the mistakes, the loss, the broken heart were all bad for you. But it was only a means, it was a vehicle to make you seek Him, to bring you back, to bring you back to completion, to happiness, to life. To bring you back to where you began. To bring you back to all that you really seek. To bring you back to Him. Jazakillahu Khairan Sister Seema for these beautiful reflections, for your words of wisdom, for sharing your journey and your emotional story and your emotions with us today. Alhamdulillah. May Allah ease your heart. May Allah grant your father. Jannatul Firdaus. Allah for all his hardships in life and for all his suffering. May Allah ease for him, his trials in his grave. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Aalameen.
0: Ameen. JazakAllahu khairan for such a beautiful dua and jazakAllah khairan for having me and giving me the opportunity to share. Um, I'm really humbled and grateful for being here. JazakAllah khairin.
1: Alhamdulillah wa antifa jazakilahu wa barakallahu fiki. You were
0: listening to the Nafs Connection podcast brought to you by Level 10 Muslimah Life Coaching. To learn more about me and how you can work with me, visit my website www.level10muslima.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under level10muslima.life.coaching. Stay tuned for more stories. This is your host Seema Azmat aka Umrayan, signing off. Until next time, stay blessed.